Welcome once again to J Root Radio Healthy Living. My name is Eliezer Gruber, a certified nutritionist with offices in Borough Park in Yerushalayim. I'm the developer, the first, for our first-time listeners, the developer of the Nutri-Supreme Research and Education Center located at 4315 14th Avenue in the heart of Borough Park, as well as the developer of the Nutri-Supreme Research line of supplements, vitamins, built on science, communicating with scientists, doctors, the medical field from around the world. Bez Hashem, I'll be in Israel in a soon, and I'm now communicating with a very big researcher, scientist, and coming out with a new product, always trying to bring to the market innovative products to deal with our health and wellness, to for optimizing our health and wellness. My vision, my mission in developing this Nutri-Supreme Research and Education Center is to educate and to bring a very crystal clear awareness to the public as to the value, and I mean just not just value, the necessity so important could have such a profound effect, the benefits of how healthy lifestyle habits, such as optimal nutrition, an exercise program, which is missing today in most of the population, a structured exercise program, not just one day here and, and, and waiting a week later or two days a week, a very structured exercise program, and proper sleeping habits. We live in a generation of sleep deprivation, stress management, all of these things, the pillars, the four pillars, can have such a profound, such a positive effect on one's physical and emotional well-being. Again, these four pillars, optimal nutrition, exercise, proper sleep, and stress management are so crucial, so vital for having a healthy body and a healthy brain, a balanced immune system, digestive system, hormonal balance, literally do I mean every part of the body. All of us, all of us, everybody, so much desires vitality, energy, vibrant health, both physically and emotionally. Optimal health is not easy to obtain, believe me. And on every level, the optimal health is only achieved by a favorable, a positive interaction between one's genetic makeup and the environment in which they are in. When a person feels run down, lethargic, fatigued, a foggy brain, can't concentrate, anxious, nervous, depressed, feeling something is wrong, having a difficult time coping, coping with just the everyday stresses of life. Why? What do we need to ask ourselves? What do we need to address? Most people, when they feel this way, they will go to their physician, the primary physician, which they should do, great idea, and the physician will run a battery of tests. And if the tests come back normal after the examination, the physical examination, and running these blood tests, and, or any other test that he feels a necessity necessary to run, and he says to the patient, he says, I want to give you good news. I want to give you phenomenal, great news. You're in perfect health. Your, your blood tests come back all normal. Your liver function, your renal kidney function, your levels, even your vitamin D level is normal and, you're, and, you're, and you're, you're not an anemic. Your blood levels are good. Your cholesterol is good. Your lipid profile, your thyroid profile. But the person, the patient says to the doctor, I, I'm glad to hear that, doctor. 
but I want you to know I'm falling apart. It's difficult for me to get out of bed in the morning. It's difficult for me to get through the day. I'm so wiped out by 1, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. So what does the doctor say? But everything is normal. We need to look and address these four pillars that I've mentioned. These four pillars and let, where are we standing? What is our status in these, each one of these four pillars? Because each one of these can have such a, have a, a profound effect on whether we feel well or whether we don't feel well. Again, blood tests are markers. I'm always looking at blood work, recommending different blood tests as markers. Preventative medicine is at the forefront of my whole education. Prevention is much easier than treating something. So at, at the forefront, again, is how we can prevent to going, from going into a diseased model. And we all, it's not one size fits all. We all have a very, very unique biochemistry, and every one of us is, are, is affected so differently. There is, you know, there's a concept, today's going to be part two of a two-part series in Alzheimer's disease, but there is a concept of normal forgetfulness. We've all experienced, where's my keys, where's my glasses, where did I put this, I don't forgot where I parked my car. And this can happen at even an early age. And it's a myth to say that forgetfulness is a sign that something is wrong with the brain. As I mentioned last week, if we did not possess, if the Rabbanishan didn't give us the capacity to forget, to be able to forget, we would literally go berserk, we would go crazy. The ability to remember and to what to remember, what we need, it's important for us to remember, and what we need to discard from the rest of what's happened in our life is a true skill that should be treasured by each one of us. Today's series, uh, today again, is the second part of the two-part series that we began last week on Alzheimer's disease, which is the most common form of dementia. Among older adults, that's the biggest risk factor, age. This is a terrible disease that involves parts of the brain that can literally control thought, memory, language, which so seriously affects and interferes with a person's life. I've seen people with Alzheimer's disease. It's devastating. It's so devastating to see somebody who was so vibrant, people that were so with with so intellectual. They, G'daylim in Torah, literally knowing Kohat Torah Kula or in secular studies, whether it's Torah studies or secular studies, and now they can't, they're not functioning. It totally interferes with a person's life, everyday life. The risk of Alzheimer's disease increases with age. Most people with Alzheimer's disease are factually older than 65. 65 years old is a very young age today. Baruch Hashem, longevity, people are living longer today. With medical technology, with things that we didn't have 100 years ago, people, Baruch Hashem, are living much longer today. 
but the quality of life is comp- has been compromised tremendously. So if it begins the risk factor, or it's the common age, nine, 65 and older, that's such a young age. I recently saw somebody 73 years old. 73 is also a young age today. And even younger than 65 years old, Rachmona Letzlan can develop this devastating disease. The sunny bright side, I don't mean to paint a a black picture over here. The sunny bright side to this story is that, that I want to communicate to you. To all of you, to all of our listeners, is that Alzheimer's disease is not a normal part of aging. Just because when people age, and it's and the risk factor as, as they age, as they get older, they're at higher risk. Age is the number one risk factor. And by the time a person, Be'ez Hashem, gets to be 85 years old, and again, the baby boomers, the fastest growing population in the United States, and even 85 years old today, is not, a person can live, Baruch Hashem, there's been so many people living over 100 years old today. And, and you're talking about close to 50% of the population, when they reach 85 years old, will come down, will develop Alzheimer's disease. But again, this is not a normal part of aging in any form or fashion. Scientists, researchers around the world, the medical field, do not know what causes this devastating disease, Alzheimer's disease. However, the theory, the stronger theory over here is that it's similar. The risk factors are similar to other chronic diseases that result from multiple factors, not one single cause. The effect on the brain with this devastating disease, Alzheimer's disease, is very, very clear. Alzheimer's disease damages, Rachmaninoff kills brain cells. A brain affected, the human brain affected by Alzheimer's disease has fewer and fewer cells connections, brain cells. There's even the surviving brain cells are, have a difficult problem, a difficulty in communicating one brain cell to another. And as more and more brain cells die, the brain begins to shrink. There's significant brain shrinkage in Alzheimer's disease. And if we look under the microscope, if pathologists, if people in the field, in the medical field, would look under the microscope, they will see two types of abnormalities that are considered the hallmark of this devastating disease, Alzheimer's disease. Number one of the two, clumps of protein. Clumps of protein called beta amyloid plaque. Can Chasava show them this protein damage and destroy brain cells in several ways? And when these brain cells become damaged and Chasava Shalom lead eventually to death, it interferes with the communication system from one brain cell to another that are there and are alive. That's number one. Number two, there's something called tangles. 
Our brain cells depend on a direct and internal support and transport system, a shuttle system that needs to carry nutrients to the, into brain cells. The communication system, the transport system is compromised. In Alzheimer's disease, these tangles in the brain can cause failure, can literally cause total failure in this, 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 this transport, this communication system. Brain changes, it's known, it's documented, it's clear in the medical field, in Alzheimer's disease, it leads to problems in memory. If any of our listeners have witnessed, know somebody, a relative or a relative or a friend, a relative of a friend that has it, there starts to be changes in memory. Disorientation, the patient may lose total sense of what day it is. What is today? I can't think. What is today? I don't, can't remember what today is. Or they might remember what season it is. Are we in the summer? Are we in the spring? Where are we? The season of the year. And this, they might even lead eventually with progression, to getting lost. I was in Eretz Israel recently, and somebody, older gentleman who I know, got lost. People were looking for him. The police were looking for him. The relatives were looking for him. There was a whole searching team looking for him. Got lost. He doesn't even know a familiar place that's so familiar, that used to be so familiar to him. And then sometimes when it progresses, they can't remember their own relatives. Recently, I witnessed, I was told, that my brother-in-law does not recognize me. He doesn't recognize his own sister. So devastating to see, to hear, to witness. Also, in making just basic judgments, decisions, become so compromised they can't cook for themselves. They can leave food on the, on the stove and the total will burn and the pot will start smoking. They don't have a sense of time. Their judgments, the decision-making becomes so compromised. Rachman Letzlan. And eventually they can forget such things like even bathing themselves, dressing themselves, and then there can be changes in personality. Personality and behavior, depression, anxiety, social withdrawal, mood swings, distrust, distrust in people, their own family, even the husband or the wife. They might think that somebody's out there, only even family members are out to hurt them. They're out to do something bad to them. The irritability, the aggressiveness, this is a very big problem, a major problem in Alzheimer's disease. Delusions, again, delusions. Somebody is out to hurt me. Somebody is doing, wants to do something to harm me. Again, let's look at the bright side. The flip side, the flip side to all this negativity, to all these problems, the symptoms, the pathology, what's happening in the brains. It's not a normal part of aging. 
It's not. A person can live all their life, Bezaz Hashem, to a ripe old age without any form of dementia, without any form of cognitive issues, compromised cognitive function. Isn't that so nice to hear? There is evidence in the medical arena, quite clear, the same risk factors that increase risks for heart disease, heart attack, stroke, this cardiovascular disease can be similar, or in, with, as far as Alzheimer's disease, the similar risk factors, the same risk factors in Alzheimer's disease. Lack of exercise, we've spoken about one of the four pillars, a structured exercise program. Lack of exercise, smoking, high blood pressure. We live in such a stressed out environment today. Whenever I go to some place to speaking engagement and I have CDs there to give out and I have and I bring a CD that, that we did on the radio show several, I think last year, on stress and I see everybody, almost everybody gravitates and I got about 10 or 15 CDs out there. People, everybody gravitates to the stress CD because we're living in a stressed out environment and most everybody, if not everybody, in some form or fashion has this stress that they, stresses that they need to deal with that's difficult for them. Everybody has stresses, but the question is how difficult it is. Does it interfere with a person's life? Are they running their, in their peripheral nervous system in a sympathetic mode? And they're always in a high sympathetic mode and not a parasympathetic, which is in a more calm state. This is causing high blood pressure. High blood pressure can be a risk for Alzheimer's, just like cardiovascular, just like heart disease. And there's high cholesterol. And what about high homocysteine levels, which is an amino acid in the blood, which I'm a very tuned to homocysteine today, from both spectrums of life, from prenatal care, from miscarriages to birth defects, I'm always asking, test homocysteine, because the metabolism of folic acid, if there's a compromised metabolism of metabolism of folic acid, it raises homocysteine, which from one spectrum to another, from birth defects to miscarriages, all the way to the opposite spectrum, to Alzheimer's disease, is a risk factor which is also a risk factor for cardiovascular disease. Poorly controlled diabetes. There's such an epidemic of diabetes today, even among teenagers. let's What's never in the history of the world such an epidemic? In the journal Pediatrics, okay, there's a little bit flaw in the way they evaluated, but they came out with a, from a 7% to a 23% among teenagers between 12 and 19 years old, 3,000 teenagers. That's a very big, that's a nice sample size. And if you look in the research published in the, new, in the, in the, in the prestigious, the famous New England Journal of Medicine, the prestigious New England Journal of Medicine, even not diabetes, an elevated blood sugar level that's not a diabetic can increase the risk for this devastating disease, Alzheimer's disease. How many blood tests do I see over and over and over and over again from young to old with elevated fasting blood sugar? 
once I see an elevated blood sugar, not, now it depends what, what you call elevated. I'm not even talking about hemoglobin A1C, which they test, which is a test for diabetics. If I see a blood sugar, a fasting blood sugar over 95 and for sure over 100, even though that might still be borderline or in the normal range, but that means there is already a dysregulation. There's a regulation. There's a, there's not, that's not an optimal fasting blood sugar. And then when usually then it's tested the A1C, it's usually over 5.7 when there's a over 100 fasting blood sugar, which is a risk factor for diabetes. And even if the person is not a diabetic at 6.5% hemoglobin A1C, if they're between 5.7 and 6.5, 5.7 to 6.4, and they're not yet a diabetic, that doesn't mean they're okay. That's a major problem. And that increases risk for many, many factors, that, the same factors that are diabetic, the same issues that a full-blown diabetic. If I take 100 people walking down Ocean Parkway, Coney Island, any street, doesn't matter Brooklyn, doesn't matter New Jersey, New York, doesn't matter where, if I would take... 100 people's blood sample walking down the street, 40 of those people, if you want to be more even conservative, at least 35, let's say 35, I would say more accurate, 40, 40 of those people have an elevated, let's say we look at 35, 40 to 60 to 70, age of age, even younger people, as I mentioned, teenagers today have this elevated blood sugar. Young people. And it's starting with our children today because of their diets and their sedentary way of life. So out of those 40 out of 100 people, that means if they don't do something proactive to change their way of life, they're increasing their risks for Alzheimer's disease. Alzheimer's disease doesn't happen surface overnight. It could be 20 to 30 years so we're not talking about a person at 65, 75, 85 that Rahman Leslan develops Alzheimer's disease that it happened a year ago, five years ago, seven years ago, ten years ago. It's accumulative over a period of time. Damage to brain cells. That's one of the risk factors. And if so many people have an elevated fasting blood sugar or pre-diabetics, I see a low HDL, so many people low HDL with high triglycerides. And according to Professor Gerald Reven, who I did an interview with several years ago, the renowned professor, the probably the, the renowned research in diabetes and metabolic syndrome and syndrome X, he says to me on the telephone, when you see a blood test and you see a low HDL, and I see it so many times, much more than not, much more than 50% of the time, I would say I'd probably say 80 to 90% of the time, and a high triglyceride, that is a, that is a profile of a pre-diabetic. And I can tell from these blood tests what foods they're eating. I said, I bet you gravitate towards carbohydrates. The carbohydrate addiction, the epidemic of carbohydrate addiction today is increasing the risk for Alzheimer's disease. And, in, and we have our young children that are totally, totally addicted to carbohydrates. What, besides stroke down the line, besides heart disease and heart attack, and diabetes, what about Alzheimer's disease? 
We need to be very proactive, a very strong education program. And, to, and before, it's much easier. We want prevention, prevention, prevention. We don't want to wait till there's a problem. And again, it can take 20 to 30 years. How many people do in the population in the United States don't even eat a fruit or one serving of fruit or vegetable a day? Fruits and vegetables have so many, a myriad, so many. There are so many thousands of antioxidants, things that help protect the brain. They keep the brain from going rancid, from keeping the brain from, from, from going not in a good kivun, not with a good, in a good GPS way. And they're not eating, even eating one serving of fruits and vegetables. Medications. What happens to and somebody is diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease? What does the medical profession have to offer to the family members to give this family member that was diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease? What are we going to give them? We're going to give them a prescription from Aricep. We're going to give them a prescription from Exelon. We're going to give them a prescription from, from, from Namenta. This is what we're going to give them. Classic medications that are used for Alzheimer's disease. Now, these medications may, in some people, may help to manage these symptoms, these devastating symptoms of Alzheimer's disease. But it cannot, in any form of fashion, cure the disease and it cannot in any form of fashion stop its progression. So let's get clear. The medication might help to control or to, or to reduce the symptoms, but not cure or progression. It's a Band-Aid. A person is bleeding, has to put on a Band-Aid. A person has a splinter, a person has a piece of glass. Let's get to the root of the problem the root of the problem, why is it happening to the brains? Again, it's not a form of, it's not, it's not, it doesn't happen with aging. It's not an f- automatic occurrence with aging, even at 100 years old. It's not, it's not an automatic happening. Therefore, we need to be educated and we need to implement, which we've spoken about, healthy living, Eliezer Gruber has been on the radio now, Baruch Hashem, for almost two years. Let's get it together. Let's wake up, Americans. Let's wake up, a wake-up call. Let's get it together and implement and execute a healthy lifestyle program to help prevent this terrible disease from surfacing. And again, I can reiterate this a thousand times over. It's not a normal part of aging. In the United States, it's such a growing epidemic. Just like diabetes is such a growing epidemic. And as I mentioned, sugar has a role in a risk factor for Alzheimer's. So they go hand in hand. In 2013, Rahman al-Latzlan, 5 million Americans... People in the U.S. 65 years and older were diagnosed or have Alzheimer's disease. And it is estimated 
to triple to 13.8 million people unless it becomes a much more effective effective way to prevent and treat this terrible disease. Listen, halavai, Bez Hashem, the medical field with all their money, all the big pharmaceutical giants out there, Pfizer and Merck and Lilly, Teva and Eretz all the pharmaceutical giants out there, Bez Hashem, they should be able to create the drug that takes away these tangles in this amyloid plaque, beta amyloid plaque, halavai. However, Leonidas Daiti, we need to start from olive bays. We need to start right in our kitchen and not wait for Merck and not wait for Pfizer and not wait for Lilly and not wait for Teva, any of the pharmaceutical companies, not wait and think and have a chaloim that they're going to come. Bez Hashem, they should. The Rabbani Shosham should give them siyata deshmayin, they should. Bez Hashem. But let's start in our own kitchen to help prevent this devastating disease. There is very, very strong, and do I mean strong, compelling evidence that demonstrates this whole, all these neurodegenerative diseases, Alzheimer's disease, Parkinson's disease, ALS, Lugaric disease. There is something called oxidative stress which damages cells with aging. Oxidative stress is probably at the root of every chronic disease out there, even depression, inflammation, oxidative stress. We live in a population, we live in a population in the United States that is totally in a flame profile. As I mentioned in the past, when I was invited to hear a presentation from a professor of medicine at the renowned MD Anderson Cancer Center, from MD Anderson Cancer Center in Houston, Texas, such a research center, and he gave a PowerPoint presentation, and on the screen, it's crystal clear, I can see it right now, and this was probably eight, nine years ago, and then on eight, nine years ago, he had on the screen in his PowerPoint presentation, he had Alzheimer's disease, he had cardiovascular disease, he had diabetes, he had cancer, he had Crohn's disease, he had colitis, he has arthritis. I thought, the guy, what is he? There are different pathologies. This person has ADD, ADHD. What does neurology to have with cardiology, gastroenterology, oncology, rheumatology? So many fields of medicine, the common thread that connects all these different fields of medicine and the chronic diseases that he went on to speak about in his presentation, the thread that connects to them, even though it's a different pathology, is inflammation. The Americans are living in an inflamed way of life from a sedentary way of life to the diets that they eat, that they're eating, you're talking about more and more inflammation. A woman came to my office not so long ago, and I usually test. I ask some doctors, most doctors agree to the test. 
Some doctors don't. You know how it is today with insurance policies. They don't want to pay for tests unless, you know, it's already a 911. That's the way, you know, preventative medicine to me is at the hallmark. This is where we need to be at. But here's a woman was tested for C-reactive protein, high-sensitive C-reactive protein, which is a nonspecific inflammatory marker, and I mentioned the American population, lives an inflamed type of life. The woman comes running into my office, normal. You want, really, you want under one, the C-reactive protein, high sensitive, that because cardiologists use it for risk factor for cardiovascular disease. If it's between one and three, that means it's moderate risk for cardiovascular disease. If it's over three, it's increased risk for cardiovascular disease. This woman came running into my office with a level of 17. The doctor called her up on the phone and said, Mrs. So-and-so, I don't want to scare you. I think there's some type of atherosclerosis going on over here. Hardening of the arteries. She came in like a basket case, traumatized. I said, I said, wait a minute, let's calm down a little bit. First of all, if it would be cardiovascular disease, dieti. I'm not a physician, I'm only a nutritionist, but it wouldn't be such a high level of 17. Maybe it would be up to 10, three, four, five, up to 10. But once it gets over 10, then it's not nothing to do with cardiovascular disease. Maybe it's a rheumatoid problem. I've seen in Crohn's disease, a level of 100. That's the highest level I've ever seen, 100. And I've only seen it once in somebody with Crohn's disease. So I said to the woman, let's think back. So maybe you have a rheumatoid problem. Maybe you have some type of osteoarthritis, a rheumatoid arthritis. Or maybe you had an infection. Think back when you went to take these blood tests. She said to me, Mr. Gruber, you know, when I went in that morning to take blood tests, I had a fever. I had a low-grade fever. I said, well, there's your answer. You don't have atherosclerosis. The fever causes an elevation in C-reactive protein, an elevated C-reactive protein. That's the immune system way of reacting to infection. But in the, regarding all these chronic, this professor of medicine at MD Anderson, inflammation is the thread that, that puts them together, that brings them together. And if we're living this way of life, with inflammatory way of life, inflammation, inflamed, then we're increasing risk for so many diseases, whether it's cardiovascular disease, whether it's Alzheimer's disease, whether it's, whether it's cancer, whether it, whatever it is, Crohn's, colitis, we're increasing risk. And it's very interesting to note that 60% of the immune system is in the gastrointestinal tract. Lining the gastrointestinal, you got almost 60% of the immune system. And the foods that we eat come in contact. It's our shamrim. So what are we putting in our mouth? It's going into our digestive system. It's not even fitting for a dog to eat. It's our bali chayim to give people this kind of food. I was in Eretzrael, one of my relatives brought to the husband a falafel. Now, listen, Eliezer Gruber is not an extremist, 
I said, if you would just, if we would dissect, if we would look into what goes into this falafel and these falafel bowls, what goes in there, that oil, how many times that oil has been used? And it's a polyunsaturated oil. And what it's the disruption, the integrity, the molecular structure of that oil, and what's happening to that oil after cooking and cooking and steaming and this and that, you would not want to put into your mouth that falafel. I'm not suggesting that a falafel here and there is going to cause Alzheimer's disease. But the, the main state, state of our diet, stage of our diet, is things that are, there is a recipe, a recipe, chalila v'chas, in increasing the risk for this devastating disease, Alzheimer's disease. Oxidative stress. Look at the skin of a person. If you have albums, albums from when you were younger, your parents were younger, your grandparents were younger. Look at the duration of time in these albums from 20 years ago, 25 years ago. You might be able to recognize the facial. If it's a very close relative, you can recognize the relative. But look at their skin. The people that sat out in the sun in the 60s and the 70s and even the younger teenagers today, they're sitting out in the sun for such a long duration of time. Oxidative stress, sun, the UV can damage skin cells. And you can look at the wrinkles. Look at a person. I had a call from a person, a woman, probably in her 60s. I look in the mirror when I go into an appointment. It's scary what's happening in my skin. More and more wrinkles. Where do you think these wrinkles come from? Where is it coming from? Oxidative stress. Free radicals. Pro-oxidants. Look at two different people. One with a, a so-called American way of life. With the American way of living, of eating. And sedentary way of life. And compare that to another person that is living a healthy way of life. We'll get in the Mediterranean type of diet, which reduces the risk of Alzheimer's disease with an exercise program and proper sleep and proper stress management. And look at the difference in their skins from when they were 30 and they get to 60 or 70. And most people, I can't say everybody, it's genetics over here also, but in most people, you're going to see a major, major difference in their skin. People, as they age, you want to go into healthy aging. I'm on this now, this mission. This, I have this vision and this mission because, again, the baby boomers are the fastest growing population in the United States. What can we do? I, I got a call from a doctor on my way into the radio show. A doctor from Eretz called me up on the phone regarding one of his patients. And I said, Dr. So-and-so. I'm on this now bandwagon, healthy age, and when I come there, it's real, let's have a meeting because I have a protocol. What can we do to go into healthy aging? Bez Hashem. The Rabbani Shalom should give me siyata dishmaya to be able to come out with the right recipe, just like you make a chant, you make a cake, you make a kugel. You have to have the right recipe. I need the correct recipe. I need the right recipe. And Baruch Hashem, the Rabbani Hashem is leading me. Question about it. I see very clearly because I'm networking. I'm communicating with researchers around the world. Just a couple days ago, in the last six weeks, and last time communication was a couple days ago, 
I hope to bring to the market a product, a form of curcumin that has been studied by researchers, by scientists in the field of neurology regarding Alzheimer's disease. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. We need to go. We need to be educated. And look at ourselves. Look at ourselves. One, the listeners that are getting older in the 40s and the 50s and the 60s, and you're seeing that your skin is more flabby, you're more fat, abdominal fat. You're losing your muscle tone. There's more wrinkles. You can see your, look at your hands. Look at your face in the mirror. What's happening? You think you're going to go to some department store and get some famous cream, and that's going to be the answer. You're going to put some external, you're going to go to a, get a facial or are you going to go to a whatever parlor to get this face done over again? That's your answer? The beauty of the face, the beauty begins in the neshama. That's where the real beauty begins, where the neshama is, what's happening with the neshama. But the beauty, is internal beauty, internal, what you're doing with your life internally is affecting externally, is affecting your face, is affecting every single part of your body. No question about it. This whole oxidation, the damage, damages proteins, damages fats, damages DNA. That's why diabetics, it damages protein. The high sugar damages protein. The elevated blood sugar. It causes such oxidative stress in the body and increases this, this, this increase for Alzheimer's disease. All the neurodegenerative diseases, the Alzheimer's, the Parkinson's, so devastating, the ALS. And they're looking and looking and trying and trying to come up with medications, but it's just not working. The Mediterranean diet, I've spoken about several times. There is no question. From heart disease, to blood pressure, to diabetes, to cancer, we had on the radio show quite a few months ago a professor of psychiatry from the renowned Wild Cornell Medical Center. And we spoke about with the psychiatrist, a woman called up, what should I feed my what, what should I feed my family? Breakfast, lunch, and supper. And the psychiatrist said to me, Oh yes, sir, let's answer her question. And what did the psychiatrist say? We're talking about depression now. We're not talking in, in the psychiatric problems. We're not talking about Alzheimer's or cardiovascular disease. We're talking we were talking about the subject matter was depression. And what does, what words came out of his mouth? The Mediterranean diet in depression. Again, how many of the population, how many of our listeners are eating the proper, if they're eating at all, the proper amount of fruits and vegetables? We need more vegetables and fruit. Diabetics have to be careful with fruit. The Mediterranean diet, full of vegetables, the rainbow color of vegetables, fish with your omega-3 fatty acids, legumes, it happens to be beans have a lot of anti, high antioxidant property to it. The colored beans, part of the Mediterranean type of diet. A lot of people can't eat beans because they have all these gastrointestinal problems. Why do they have these gastrointestinal They're gas and they're bloating and this and that. Why? Because the way they've treated from day one, from when their early years, how have they treated their gastrointestinal tract? The faulty eating, disrupting the microflora, the, the beneficial bacteria. Yes. The Mediterranean diet at the base, the monounsaturated fat, the olive oil, 
foods rich again in omega-3. The nuts, the seeds, the almond, not the roasted with oil. The roasted with oil nuts are no good. If you want to roast it, get dry roasted, or even better, just roast it yourself. Put it in the oven for um, 250 degrees for 20, 20 some minutes or so plus, and you'll get roasted, but not with oils. Those oils are not good, like we said back by the with the falafels. They're not as bad as the falafels, but 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 they're not healthy oil. This diet is so full of life-saving antioxidant properties which neutralize this ripple effect of these antioxidants, I mean, these pro-oxidants, these free radicals. And if they, you combine the Mediterranean diet with exercise, and so many Americans are not exercising, and children are not exercising, and why do you think the children today in the school system are hanging from the ceiling? They can't sit still. They can't produce because they're eating things that are making them crazy and they're not exercising. When they come home, if your child comes home and your child is being disrespectful, tell your child to run around the block twice and your child will come back a different child. If I take 100 children, I guarantee you 80, 80 to 90 of the 100 will come back a different child. Just a simple, simple exercise is running around the block. So coupled together, the diet and the exercise, we can reduce dramatically this epidemic of Alzheimer's disease. And people eating the wrong fats, the wrong fats that are dam in the damaging chemicals. It's speeding up the aging process. Look in the mirror. Why do you have wrinkles? Why are you, from 20 to 30 years ago, why are you developing so many wrinkles? Why is your skin sagging? Again, you think going for facials is the answer? It's not the answer. Look internally what you're doing to yourself internally. It's increasing. You're looking at, you're looking at the at the kankan. Don't look at the kan. You look at the kankan. What's inside the kankan? What's inside the barrel? What's inside your body is is having a, is manifesting itself in your skin and things externally. So the external things that you're doing with the parlors and this parlor and this parlor is not addressing. You have a piece of glass. You have a splinter in your finger. You're just putting on a Band-Aid. You're not getting to the root of the problem. We might as well take, I don't mean to be facetious, we might as well take detergent that we wash our clothes and drink the detergent. This is what we're doing to our bodies. I don't mean to be harsh, but I see it in young people hear it or see it on a daily basis. So many imbalances in the immune system, the digestive system, the endocrine system. There is such a correlate, there's such a communication between all these systems together and the excess calories, the empty calories. And what about our detoxification system, which compromise our detoxification system, the powerful antioxidants? What about things like cruciferous vegetables? How many people don't even eat vegetables? What about if they do eat vegetables? What about the cruciferous vegetables? Okay, we got to worry about the bugs, obviously, but the broccoli, the cabbage, the cauliflower, the radishes, the daikon, the turnips. What about the onions? What about the garlics, the scallions? These are powerful detoxifiers. And what about the berries, the whole berry family? So many important antioxidants in the deeper the color, the more color, the green and the red and the orange, 
all the different colors means they're powerful antioxidants, that this is the best prevention. This is the best prevention from this devastating disease, Alzheimer's, coupled along with exercise. And make sure you get your omega-3s. Tomatoes, they're bright red color. Where is it coming from? It's coming from lycopene. And there's a famous, there's a well-renowned cancer doctor who's recommending lycopene. And by the way, I mentioned UV, the UV, too much sun that causes the wrinkles. Lycopene is very important for UV protection. We're going to the, coming to the, you know, going to the mountains, a lot of people. Next week, we're leaving for the country. Baruch Hashem Nutrispreme has a lycopene. Lycopene, I use it for many different things. But one of the things lycopene does, we have it in capsule form, is protect the skin against the UV oxidation from, it's causing oxidation-free radicals. A friend of mine was on a TU in the Negev, and he was with a lot of people, and he was taking lycopene for just a different reason. I think it was for blood pressure. And he said he was the only one on the TU did not get sunburn. It protected his skin against sunburn. What about the green tea? What about EGCG and green tea? Phenomenal. And again, DHA. DHA, which is a fatty acid in omega-3 fish oil. It's a powerful ally in the battle, in the battle against Alzheimer's disease. Baruch Hashem. We have... Nutra Supreme gets calls from the medical field, from a renowned neurologist who's at the forefront of Alzheimer's disease, professor of neurology. Mr. Gruber, I want you to know I'm recommending your company's fish oil. I'm not saying there's a lot of companies that make fish oil. He just happened to call me and said, I'm recommending your fish oil. What about vitamin D? Vitamin D has shown that it can even help to be able to and maybe help to clear to some degree the amyloid plaque, the beta amyloid plaque. And what about the grapeseed extract? These are powerful antioxidants. Researchers from Mount Sinai School of Medicine that it can help ward off Alzheimer's disease. Baruch Hashem. We have the most researched grapeseed extract on the market called Leucoselect that has the most data, the most research from all the grape seeds on the, ex- on the market. And what about homocysteine levels? And what about 40 to 60% of the population have this MTHFR mutation, homozygous mutation? And this can increase the risk for Alzheimer's disease. Lower Leno. Folic acid might not be the right address. L-methylfolate. How much L-methylfolate is needed depends on the homocysteine level. And then this coconut oil, it's not as much research, but coconut can oil is a very healthy, is a, can be a very healthy fat if it's used right in moderation. And what about vitamin K? Vitamin K is coming in the spotlight like vitamin D. You have to be careful. If you're on taking blood thinners, you have to be careful. Your doctor's not going to want you to take vitamin K if you're on Coumadin. And what about B12? How many people are low in B12? Again, this is at the forefront, the forefront of how we can ward off. And again, it's not a part of aging. We can diminish, we can reduce significantly this incident. I would like to give out the numbers. Maybe we can take one or two calls. The number to call in is 718-683-5858. If you want to call in a question, the text to call in a, to text in a question is 
927-8398. We'll be back just in a minute or two. Welcome back to Radio J Root Healthy Living. This is Eliezer Gruber. We have time for one question. I this question I get calls actually not quite often, but I get gotten several calls from family members that have that have seen or their one of their parents, or grandparents, uncles, aunt has had or had Alzheimer's disease. 
So they become, you know, a little bit concerned, worried, because there is a genetic component over here from Alzheimer's disease. Genetic is causes a predisposition. So what I recommend is like this is if there is this predisposition genetically, then I would get a very good workup. Besides all the prevention, preventative measures that we spoke about, diet and exercise and antioxidants and the fish oil and things like that, that is just at the foundation, the fundamental of the foundation as prevention of Alzheimer's disease, Bezaz Hashem, as is reported in the medical field and the medical journals that I've spoken about, is that we should get a very clear understanding of what's happening internally the best we can. That means going to a doctor and look at our lipid profiles, look at our B12 profiles, look at our A1Cs, look at our homocysteine, which is very, very crucial for this. And we want optimal levels. I've spoken about homocysteine, according to the researchers, even though in the blood labs, in the in the laboratories, they'll say, let's say 12 up to 12 is considered normal. You really want under nine. That's really the optimal level, especially if there is a, pre, pre, a predisposition. But I would shoot for somewhere between seven and nine level. Now, I've seen a lot of B12 levels that are low, and they can even mimic cognitive dysfunction, low B12 levels. And I've seen this in the younger people as well as the older people. So we want a good B12 level. If the B12 comes back anywhere, let's say under 400, let's say over 300, even under under 400, homocysteine can even be a better marker for the status of B12 than B12 itself. So we want to, and, and hemoglobin A1C, again, which increases even not, if even if it's a person is not a diabetic, and even if they are not increased risk for diabetes, but there's an elevated blood sugar, it needs to be addressed, fasting blood sugar, especially, especially if there is a risk factor of genetics over here. We want to be careful. Let's make sure we get our omega-3 fatty acids. And one thing that needs to very, very strongly, we I, that I didn't mention, but I've mentioned in the past, is the ratio of omega-6 to omega-3 in our diets. According to the World Health Organization, it should be a one-to-one ratio. We get so many from so many places in our diet, packaged foods, soybean oil, safflower, sunflower, corn oil, uh, all these oils, canola oil, canola is not really a healthy oil, all these are in the omega-6 family. Omega-3 is very difficult to get in the diet. Again, your mackerel, your salmon, your sardines, your anchovies have the longer chain fatty acids like the DHA, which we spoke about in Alzheimer's disease, and that what you get in fish oil. Again, the lower, the smaller, the lower chain um, omega-3, your alpha linolenic acid, which you find in chia seeds and and as well as uh, flax seeds are not the same omega-3, let's get clear, as in your longer chain from omega-3 fish oil. And most people, because of their lifestyle habits, most people do not convert to the longer chain. And when we're talking about Alzheimer's, we're looking for the DHA component of the omega-3. So that compromises if you think you're getting from your omega-3 from your flax seeds or from your chia seeds and most of the population, that's not going to be the, uh, not that it's not, there's no benefit in it, but for in the, regarding the subject matter of Alzheimer's, that's not going to be where you want to be from that type of fatty acid or that lower, smaller chain fatty acid. So again, diet 
exercise reduces tremendously the risk for Alzheimer's disease. We've mentioned about the antioxidant profile. Uh, before we end the show, I'd just like to give out the numbers of the Nutra-Supreme Research Center located at 4315 14th Avenue in Borough Park. Our 800 number is 888-68-NUTRI. Our local number, 718 number, 718-853-0644. The email, if you would like to email me, is egruber at nutrisupreme.com. Our website is www.nutrisupreme.com. And have a wonderful Shabbos.